I'm Dan Carell, CEO of the Digital Commerce Alliance, and this is Commerce Code, a weekly digital commerce podcast for leaders in card linking, loyalty and digital marketing, mobile wallets and payments, and financial data. Thanks for joining this running conversation with leaders in the industry. And if this podcast is helpful to you, come join us at the Digital Commerce Alliance. You can learn more at www.digcomall.org. This week on Commerce Code, we speak with Tom Burgess, president of SNP Media, to discuss the birth of payments media networks. Tom and Dan will talk about digital media, restrictions on first-party data, and an innovative approach to creating SKU-level offers to consumers. Before we get to that interview, we'll dig into three of the big stories in digital commerce from the last week. First, December retail sales, a surprising downturn. Second, the new focus on digital efficiency in digital commerce. Third, creating personalized experiences challenges marketers. All that's ahead, and of course, the main event, Defining a Payments Media Network with Tom Burgess of SNP. Commerce Code is sponsored by Pentadata, the all-in-one financial data API. Whether it is bank account data, credit card transaction data, or credit reports and credit scores, Pentadata has it all in one simple and easy-to-use API. With coverage of over 6,000 banks, over 200 million credit files, and 60 million merchants, you can get all the data you need for your apps at pentadatainc.com. December is usually the biggest retail sales month of the year, but not so in 2022. Retail sales fell 1.1% compared to November. The Wall Street Journal and the New York Times reported that shopping destinations, selling electronics, cars, and clothing all reported declines. Recent layoffs, including at Amazon, are part of the fallout. Why were sales soft during a month that's historically the biggest of the year? A combination of forces are at work. Consumers in general are tightening their belts due to inflation and other economic concerns. Many shoppers started shopping earlier in the year. Others shifted their gift-giving from goods to services as pandemic restrictions eased. Digital efficiency is the new watchword in the retail space. Instead of expecting customers to seek deals and chase them, savvy retailers are making it easier for buyers to purchase the items they want at the prices they want to pay. Increasingly, large and small retailers are relying on technology and data innovation to make the shopping experience more personal and more convenient, payments reports. Real-time payments, smoother checkouts, and retail planning based on artificial intelligence are a key focus in our space this year. What's the biggest challenge brands face today? Over 300 marketers responded to a survey conducted by marketing firm Vericast, and there were some interesting finds. 54% of respondents cited difficulty interpreting customer data to meet the needs of the moment as their number one obstacle. And 53% said they were challenged to create personalized advertising experiences. The key takeaway? Consumers are spending, but they're focused on getting a good deal. Marketers are still learning how to optimally engage them. There's ample opportunity out there for those of us in the digital commerce industry to help fill this void. Today on the show, Dan is having a conversation with Tom Burgess of SNP about the definition of a payments media network. (music) 
Tom, thank you so much for joining us on Commerce Code. Uh, where are you joining us from? Hey, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. These days, I hail from Puerto Rico, so it's sunny and warm on this January morning. These days, I got to tell you, I hail from Minneapolis. I'm looking out the office window at something that's, I think, quite different than what you're looking at. I don't want to dwell on that, though. Uh, so we're talking because, Tom, you've just written a piece um, online that kind of lays out a framework for what you've been calling a payments media network. And I want to unpack that for our listeners. Your piece references as background something called retail media networks. So I just I want to start there and kind of remind us maybe for those who don't follow this stuff closely, what are the key characteristics of a, a retail media network? Because I think that that's background that's important to what you're talking about. Even if you're not in the advertising industry, everybody's always heard about or recently heard about access to data and you know the restrictions to first party data and so forth. And this is basically based on consumer behavior data and the privacy issues around it. So in the retail industry, paper circulars and inserts are being replaced with digital assets like mobile apps and websites, those of the retailers, mobile apps and websites, most noticeably due to the changes in data access across the advertising industry. Retailers are leveraging their first party shopper data. So looking at the data that the retailers have to create a new type of advertising network. And they call this a retail media network. So the bottom line is they're taking their purchase data, their first party purchase data, and they're displaying ads based on that, both from a targeting perspective and from a reporting perspective. And they're placing these ads on their apps and their sites plus third-party apps and sites. And this allows them to put more relevant advertisements in front of consumers to drive people to their stores. The key here is that this whole change in the industry around first-party data is that the retailers own this data. So they have clean rooms to control the privacy, and there's no PII exposed. So the retail media network industry has grown very fast over the past several years. So I could 2021, it was an $85 billion industry. 2022, this past year, it's broken $100 billion, and it represents more than 50% of global digital advertising today. So it's just this wild growth, and it's all based on the restriction of data access. That's retail media networks, and banks have been doing some things with sort of similarities to retail media networks in an effort to create tailored offers for consumers. But as you've laid out in your article, that hasn't been completely successful. There's some sort of limitations there. So maybe talk to us about that. So banks, like retailers, you know, have purchase history data, and they leverage this data to present relevant offers to cardholders, okay? But the big difference is the banks know where we shop, but they don't know what we buy. And this causes a problem. So some retailers, mostly everyday purchase retailers, such as grocery stores, convenience stores, and pharmacies, have very low margins, and they can't easily offer a whole basket discount. And that's what the banks typically offer. We have all seen it, right? You know, that X percent off when you shop at this store, no matter what you buy. And that model's just not scalable. So that's been the big restriction is that the banks have a outstanding audience, but they don't have the model that can scale. So as I said at the top, you know, we're having this conversation now because you've proposed something that you've called a payments media network, kind of you know, derived from a retail media network. So tell us what that is and, and how that's different from kind of what's been done so far. Yeah, so if we look at that current bank model, that offer model, right, that's hindered by this missing data and this limited infrastructure. When you look at an ad from an advertising perspective in a bank environment, you have 200 million plus 
active consumers available to reach just in the U.S. through this bank channel. Now, most people are visiting their banking app or the banking website on a weekly basis, and many visit even on a daily basis. And that's an amazing level of engagement for brands from that advertising perspective, right? So the banks also want to make this experience when their cardholders come to their site and use their app so often, they want to make that a valuable, solid experience. So the next generation of this bank offer environment is called a payments media network or PMN. And in that model, the banks were able to leverage that skew level data that we kind of just talked about a minute ago with the retailers. And this changes the game entirely, right? It removes the restrictions of the retailer budgets that I mentioned before. And instead of a merchant funded offer, we now have what's called a brand funded offer. This unlocks access to the advertising budgets of the brands, activates a larger volume, more relevant offers for the cardholder, and it's also a very familiar model for those brands. It's a significant increase overall in the efficiency and the, and the relevancy of this. Now, the retailers themselves are happy about this because they can participate or partner with the payments media networks as an extension of their third-party audience. So this is a win all the way around. When you have a payments media network, it opens up the ecosystem and makes a better experience for the banks, for the retailers, for the consumers, and you know everybody involved. The flywheel spins. It seems just turning it over in my mind about who's got what margins in the value chain and therefore who has what sort of advertising budget that it shifts advertising spend over into you know, brands and CPG companies where they can target best and where they maybe have the budget in a way that retailers don't necessarily in the same way. I mean, is that part of the logic here? Yeah, that is the logic. If you're looking at the bank loyalty environment as an advertising network now, many banks, thousands of banks in the U.S. market on this model over the last 10 years of my career, and they realized that they're an advertising environment, right? That's not just a loyalty or an offer model here, but in order to attract the right kind of offers that will satisfy their cardholders, driving top of wallet type of activity is what the banks want, then you have to have good solid content or good solid offers. And if you're going to do that, then you need to be in an environment where those budgets are going to be available. And without having access or the ability to display SKU level or item level offers, you're not attracting the right budgets. So when you attract those brand funded rewards, you're now talking about much more volume, more activity, better offers, and more relevant offers to the end users or to the cardholders. Different angle on this is, you know, with anything in life, if it was easy, it would have happened already. And so there are parts of this that are hard. And, and I want to go back to your mention of data clean rooms. I could be wrong, but that sounds hard. Is the flow of data and the preservation of appropriate treatment of PII, that stuff, is that kind of like the hardest piece of this? And, and how does that work? And if that's not the hardest piece of this, like what is? The payments media network infrastructure is based on multiple data sources coming together and being matched and cleaned and then creating that correct consumer experience of being able to go into a store, buy a specific item, get cash back to your card for buying that specific item. Well, the job of the PMN is to ingest that data from the retailers and the banks, inspect, clean that data accurately to identify the contents of the consumer's basket, right? Got to validate that qualified consumer offer redemption. So you got to flag 
fraud and generate in-flight and post-campaign reporting for brands, retailers, and the banks. Everybody wants their data, and it has to be done in an anonymous way without access to PII or PCI. So the PMN's a, you know, it's a big undertaking, right? It can't just be offer display anymore. It has to take in all of this different data, go into a clean room where that data can be matched up, but it's also protecting that data. To answer kind of your second question, which is, you know, what's the most important piece? When you step into this game and about 10 years ago, I was fortunate to deploy with a great team, SKU level card linked offers. And we learned our lesson because there's over 40,000 SKUs at a typical grocery store. Taking into consideration that these brands are going to fund these offers, you have to be able to understand what each one of these SKUs or UPCs, these things need to, as they come in to the clean room, you need to be able to, or the payments media network needs to be able to decipher what it all is. There's no universal library of all these codes. So the PMN needs to have all of this history in-house and available to make this work, right? So that means that there's a need for a very seasoned, a very holistic data set and a qualified machine learning application that can go through that data. And when this clean room is active and data is coming in from retailers, that it can in near real time decipher what the heck these different codes, these SKUs or UPC codes that are coming in, what they actually relate to down to a particular product. My next question was going to be about artificial intelligence, but you already went there with the reference to machine learning, which, you know, it's arguably the same thing, of course. And after chat GPT came out a month or so ago, I, I guess I don't I don't know anymore. I would have said before that there's a lot of things that AI, I don't think, can do that well. Chat GPT is a little bit different than, than that or maybe changes my view. But certainly in terms of what I think machine learning could do, this seems like a pretty good application. It sounds like you're optimistic about that. You know, machine learning has been around for a long time, right? As a lot of people just have become aware of it because it's got a new name, machine learning. But what it really is, is just a lot of data and a lot of data that's able to allow you to learn over time what that data means. Because especially in the world of retail data, if you have point of sale data, you get some ugly identifiers on particular products. So when we look at what the banks are currently doing today, where they just simply need to identify that you went as a consumer to a retailer and you spent X, Y, or Z on a particular date. Now, the role needs to be, okay, we've got to not only know where they went and shop and where that consumer was buying on that particular time and how much they spent, but we need to know what is in the basket. So that's where true data analysis comes in. And I think the whole thing with AI and chat, and you know, hopefully that doesn't remove the human element out of it. I'm, I'm starting to look at that. I'm a little skeptical by the way, on that one. I like the fact that, you know, when a human writes, they write from their heart and from what they really believe and you get this AI coming in and, and changing things. So that's a whole other topic, maybe for another time. I, I hate to disappoint you, Tom, but I'm actually not even here right now. This is just ChatGPT. <laughs> Dan's off making coffee. I'm not even, I'm not even here. I mentioned at the top, and I, and I need to say for our listeners, where can folks find, you've written this piece and it's coming out, but where can folks find this online? Yeah, so it's snip.com, S-N-I-P-P.com. Great. Well, look, Tom, this has been a great conversation and, you know, best of luck with the work. Really enjoyed reading the piece. And again, I think it touches on, you know, not just one, but probably three or four or five, like, key elements of how things need to move forward in the world of digital commerce. And we look forward to seeing it develop. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's always great to chat with you.
Commerce Code is brought to you in part by Vantage Score. Nine of the top 10 banks and over 3,000 leading banks and fintechs use Vantage Score to predict and manage repayment risk. Learn more about the latest advances in credit scoring and how to grow your lending business by leveraging financial inclusion at VantageScore.com. Commerce Code is a weekly podcast bringing you conversations with executives who are leading the way in digital commerce. If you like Commerce Code, your company should join the Digital Commerce Alliance and become part of our mission of advancing trade for good through standard setting, industry networking, conferences, and best practice sharing. Check out our website at www.digcomall.org and reach out to Ala Mohammed, our head of member services at alaa at digcomall.org. On behalf of DCA, have a great week.